Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Levenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision. And today we have a special guest with us who is, I'm really looking forward to talk to today, Teresa Heath-Waring, Director of THW Marketing Limited. Teresa is uh, recognized uh, as one of the world's thought leaders for social media marketing. She's a consultant, author, but also TEDx speaker and host of the weekly show, Social Media Marketing Made Simple. And I'm looking forward to talk about, uh, with Teresa here today, about highly converting sales webinars, which is a great topic. Hi, Teresa, and welcome to today's podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, and so am I. Uh, would you mind just give us a little bit of your background and your story of becoming a social media expert and starting an agency? That would Of be course. Cool. Yeah. No worries, not at all. So basically about 15 plus years ago, I did a degree in marketing and literally have spent the last 15 years in one role or another, but always employed. I'd always been um, working for someone else and I worked for Land Rover. I headed up their corporate marketing. I worked for teeny tiny companies. You know, I did all sorts of marketing, which was amazing actually, because I got to try everything. I say that the only thing I didn't really have hands-on experience of was TV advertising. But of course at Land Rover, we had a TV advertising department and they did that. So I had had all this experience Experience. And I started working for an agency in my local area where I lived. And I'd got my daughter, she was sort of two or three at the time. And it was going well, but a few things in my life had changed. And I'd just recently got divorced. And I was managing my home and my daughter by myself and things started to get a little bit um, a little bit different at work and I was just feeling like I needed a change so I handed in my notice to my very well-paid job and decided that it'll be easy I'll just get another job and I was I gave them eight weeks notice originally and we're about three weeks into the notice and nothing is coming up like I can't find a role that suits me suits the salary I need and I started to kind of panic and thought what on earth am I going to do if I don't get another job so I started to look at the idea of could I just do this for myself and my boss at the time realized that I was considering this and asked me to leave. So I had got no job and no rich parents and no husband to support me. And it was just me and my daughter. And I basically decided to set up on my own. And do you know what? There is no greater motivator than having to earn money immediately. So I got out there. It was just me to begin with. I just started consulting and doing social media for people and doing marketing for people and then as time sort of moved on I started to bring on team members and I started to build the agency more but also I started to get more recognized for my knowledge in the social media space and that's developed over sort of the last three four years where 
I started to get recognized as as one of the kind of thought leaders in the, in the UK and internationally. And now I talk much more generally along the lines of digital marketing and doing things online, which obviously have never been more needed in the marketing space or in any business than it has been in the last few months because we are all having to work out how to work and market our businesses online so so yeah and I just love it I literally am one of these people that for me this is a dream job I get to talk on stages I get to do podcast interviews and basically talk about my favorite subject all day every day which is amazing that's a great story you got there, Teresa, and very courageous step to take. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really I was cool brave story. or stupid, not sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have a good book uh, title there. Uh, ah, thanks. The that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, I know you are covering a lot of different uh, online and social media topics, but mm. we are going to zoom in a little bit today on one. Uh, quite uh, interesting topic for, for this time, since a lot of businesses have uh, closed down due to COVID and mm. uh, to find new revenue streams and pivot their, their things of selling and so on. And I know you have helped a lot of businesses, uh, both small and big ones, to develop mm. uh, the webinar series and, and build business with webinars and so forth. Mm. Hey, can you elaborate a little bit on that, what you're helping them with in the webinar space? Yeah, I think... There's a few different reasons for a webinar and it depends on what their motivation is behind it. So sometimes the webinar is used purely as a selling tool. So, and you see this a lot in the sort of um, knowledge industry. So very similar, my industry, I would use a webinar to teach someone something and then try and convert them to a sale at the end of it. So that's one way they're using webinars. In other ways, um, so for instance, I used to work with Rightmove, which are a huge company here in the UK that manage well have a, a website for all estate agents and what they use webinars for was teaching still but as an add-on as a benefit as a a way in order to add value to their existing customers so instead of just using it to sell or to you know market a product they were getting me in and I was doing webinars on how their customers the estate agents could basically have better social media because I was teaching them so then they used it as that but also you know webinars are a great way in order to educate your audience so again I've done work with lead pages in the past and they use webinars all the time in terms of this is how you do something in our online product they have an online um, landing page builder so they can be used in a variety of different ways and we've done them in all sorts of different ways but for me there's kind of nothing better than having someone in person on a screen getting that across and being able to do that to anyone in the world is amazing. And also the fact of, and I always talk about this when every time I do a webinar, it's, it's my audience chance to pick my brains. You know, the whole point of a webinar is that they're coming on and watching me live so that they can ask questions. So for me, they're really, really powerful. And have become even more powerful during the last few months of COVID in the fact of, or since COVID's been around, because we can't be in person. We can't sit in a auditorium while I stand on stage and teach you something. We, this is a way in which we can now continue this without being in person. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So, so powerful. Um, so I know that you also actually helped 
uh, companies to to not educate their clients or or their but also create selling webinars mm. where do you start and how can you use webinars to actually drive sales in these days so what's great about a sales webinar is the fact that you are using it to add some value to a prospective customer that you are first off if you're going to do a, a sales webinar you need to identify what is your customer's pain point what is the problem that they've got that your product or service helps them fix so that's the first thing you want to be asking yourself and then is there a teaching is there some lessons is there a presentation is there some kind of Thing that you can do via a webinar that helps them with that problem so that's the first step you've got to be able to answer that problem and normally we do it in a very succinct and direct manner so normally if you come on a webinar of mine it will might be these five ways are going to help you build your email list better or you know how to do a webinar or how to create a sales page or whatever it is so it'll be really kind of for me anyway the way i like to do mine and like to teach people to do theirs is that this is like you're giving me some skills so if i am giving you an hour of my time granted it's for free you know obviously i don't there is some paid webinar options but i don't charge for mine but i want my audience to come away and even if they don't buy the thing at the end i want them to be really convinced that i know what i'm talking about i can help them and that they actually got some tangible actions to take away and do for themselves that will help their pain point. So that's the first thing, knowing that thing. And then the whole premise of the uh, selling aspect is that the webinar should be a prerequisite for the thing you're selling. So if I give you an example, I have um, an academy where businesses can join and, and individuals, entrepreneurs can join. And basically I do lots of training and lots of coaching and, and I help them on a sort of, you know, larger scale. And what happens with this is when I do a webinar to promote that, the idea is I take one of the main problems that I'm seeing all the time in the academy. So let's say um, the main problem is that they're having trouble schedule social media or they're spending lots of time on social media or they have an online product but no one's buying it or they can't build their email list so what I will do is I will maybe so do something around email list building I'll create a webinar I'll market it and say come and join me for this free training and then when I start the webinar there's a series of steps I go through in terms of housekeeping and introducing myself and explaining what is the benefit of them to come to this webinar and what they're going to get from it and during that I say to them you know, this whole, this webinar is not for you if, and I give them a few different scenarios. If you're not willing to put some work in, if you're not open to new ideas. And then I say to them, and it's not for you if you get offended or upset by having an hour's free training, but then you've be, um, but then you're offered something at the end. So I make it really clear to them straight away. Listen, I'm going to give you this training, but I've got an offer for you. But obviously the point is if, if I've aligned it all correctly, they should want that offer because obviously I'm helping them with that pain point, which I know my offer helps fix as well. So then I would give them the content and I'd go, okay, so here's five ways in which you can build your email list. And those five ways might be have a lead magnet or create a pop-up or something like that. And then at the end of it, I've given them those ideas. I've given them a few actions to take, but at the end of it, I then transition into, okay, what next? So you're probably sat there thinking, great, I now know what I need to do, but how do I do it? How do I create a lead magnet? 
magnet. How, where's the tech? What tech do I use to do a pop-up? And then at that point I say to them, and that's why I'd like you to invite you to join me in my online academy. And then I go into the sales aspect of it. But that by that point, they've sat with me almost for an hour on a call and I've taught them stuff. So their openness and their, um, sort of emotional response to me should be really good by that point because I've answered the questions, I've helped them with things. So by that point then, the idea is if it's the right people on the call, if I've taught them the right things and I've helped answer a pain point and then my product helps even more, then that should convert to sale. Well, thanks for, for describing that process for us. That, no that feels like a really well thought out process there. And, um, yeah, that's that's a great way to to uh, productize um, your thoughts and and uh, uh, consulting offers as well. I suppose uh, mm -hmm. if you're offering competency in different ways. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. So uh, for a company who is starting to think about these things uh, and setting up this process and start to see, yeah, maybe we're consulting. We can't go to our clients for different reasons, of course, and and we need to sell uh, online stuff instead. And this process would be a great way to maybe get that moving. Where should they start? Where, where do you think is the critical things to, to be clear about upfront when setting this uh, up? Yeah, so two things really, process and tech. Those are gonna be your two kind of instant things you need to really get sorted because obviously you should know your customers and know their pain point and you could almost create the content a bit later on that's fine but you're going to need that process of okay when do i want to do the webinar what are we selling at the end of it because obviously when we um so part of the agency work that we've done is that we'll do the entire process for someone. So we literally give them a timeline. If they say to me, okay, I want the product or the service to go live on this date if they're launching, or I want to do the webinar on this date if they're just selling what they've already got, then what we tend to do is I will work back from there. So if they want to launch in October, I start going, okay, right. So two weeks prior to the webinar, we will focus on advertising the webinar to, you know, prior to those two weeks, we focus on this building or warming up the audience or making sure that they're at optimum level for us to then promote the webinar to them. So during those kind of two weeks, the process is lots of different things. It's, you know, where are we posting on social media? What are we doing in terms of advertising? Our existing customer base, our existing emails, can we advertise to them? So there's a whole kind of host of process things that you do in that point. Then the webinar itself is a process. I love a process, by the way. The webinar itself is a process. So there's literally, in terms of the actual webinar, there are certain uh, steps and chunks I go through and I have to hit. So the webinar itself is broken up into three distinct areas, the sort of pre-amble uh, and the, the housekeeping, then there's the delivering the content and then there's doing the sale. So again, how's that going to look? What are you going to do? What tech are you going to use? How are you actually going to get people to register for the webinar? And then once they've registered, how are you going to get them to sign up and stay and then come on the webinar at the time? Because it's most effective when they're on live. And then after the webinar, how do you then market to those people who attended but didn't buy differently to the people that registered but didn't attend? So there's, like I said, it's a, it's a process. So for me, the first step is get that process straight in your head. Then look at the tech you need because there is some amazing tech out there that really helps and takes the burden off you. 
And then you can kind of do the bit that will be the easy bit to you, which is, okay, what do my audience want to hear about? And then you'll be writing your emails and getting your landing page ready for them to sign up and those sorts of things. And then the other thing that, you know, often people forget about is what are we going to do after the webinar, after we've done the selling bit? So do we evergreen the webinar, i.e. we've got this video where we've taught something, do we put that on an evergreen basis, which means that people can get access to it all the time, or do we say we're going to do another webinar on a different topic in so many weeks ahead and therefore we start the process again. But once What's really interesting for me is, is once someone has paid to, to learn that process or have gone through some sort of work with that process, once you've got it, you've got it. So this isn't a case of every webinar you do, you have to restart again. This is a case of, okay, we've run this webinar once, it worked really well, or it, this bit didn't work, so we need to tweak it now just run it again as as is or make that tweak and run it again so the first time you do it it's going to take a lot of work subsequently after that it's it's going to be a case of rinse and repeat or hopefully should be rinse and repeat yeah that's great so uh no thanks for laying that out for us but what i'm thinking is that uh one struggle i know uh some companies have uh starting out in this is to actually get their audience to sign up for the webinars mm -hmm. do you have any tactical tips and tricks for getting uh, your target market to attend at the webinar how do you advertise or how do you find them and how do you yeah. persuade them <laughs> to yeah to yeah so it starts much earlier on than actually when you're going to do the webinar so for any business list building and I'm a big advocate and, and can talk about this forever and a day as well. Um, list building is so important because great if you've got social media following, great if you've got people watching your YouTube videos, but the problem is you don't own any of those platforms. If you broke a term and condition, if someone hacked your account, if the platform decided they didn't want to work, do it anymore you know look at tiktok you know there is talks about tiktok being banned in america what if that happens and you've built your entire business using a platform so the first thing that i say is you get them off the platform onto an email list now that doesn't mean you no longer do social media that doesn't mean you don't interact with them on social media but you've just got another way to to interact with them so building that email list is crucial and you do that through a lead magnet so for instance, I'm going to be doing, um, in the future, I haven't done it yet, but I'm doing a launch course. So I am going to do an entire course about if you are launching an online service or product, this is how you do it. And it's a big, big course. There's a lot in it. it you know, there's lots of steps and things. Mm. So what I've started to do in the knowledge that that is coming, now I have no date for that yet. This could be next year for all I know at this point. Um, but in the knowledge that that's coming, I have already created a lead magnet and I am putting that lead magnet out there saying, and it's something like, I can't remember what it is, my launch checklist or something. So it's a really simple, low investment. They don't have to do anything other than give me their email address. And I have them on my email list and they get this launch checklist and I know they are going to launch something. So then what I would do is I take those people, I offer it to everybody, but I take those people knowing they've already accepted something from me about the thing I'm trying to sell. So then I would offer a webinar saying, something like, uh, let's say I choose to teach them through five mistakes that lots of people make and how to avoid them. Or let's say I talk them through 
you know, how to have a successful launch or something like that. Now, granted, they're going to know in one hour, I'm not going to cover everything they need to know, but if they pick up one or two things, then great. So that's how I would try and warm them up before I'm ready for the webinar. So you're constantly, or you should be, any business should be constantly trying to add people to that email list. You should be consistently emailing them. So every single Wednesday, my entire list gets an email from me where I say nice things to them and I give them bits of advice and I chat to them and I call it my love letter that basically I treat them like my friends and we're having a conversation. So I'm keeping them warm. I'm doing all this so that when I do come out with that lead with that uh, webinar, that hopefully I know them well enough. I know what their problems are. I've been interacting with them. They're replying to my emails that when I come out with it, I can go, who needs help with this? And ideally that should be enough to sway them. But of course I use it to a cold audience as well. And in that case, I put it on every social media platform, lots and lots and lots of times. I advertise it through Facebook and Instagram because lots of my audience are there. I put it on my website. I put it on my email signature. I might change my cover photo. I literally put it everywhere that I can think. And for two weeks, that's all I talk about come and see me on the webinar, join my webinar. I'm doing a webinar. You want to learn something on the webinar because my main aim, even though I'm going to sell something at the end of it, my main aim at that point is to get as many as my perfect customers on that webinar as possible at that time. Hmm. That's a great process. Uh, hmm. Suppose you, you get it to work for uh, a lot of companies and yourself yeah. Uh, including. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's how I've built my entire business. You know, I do this process. The wow. other thing that I didn't mention before, actually, which is really useful is, especially if your product or service includes you or includes some personal interaction. So for instance, some of the products I sell is, is my academy. I sell a 90 day program um, that's more intensive, like a sort of mastermind. And part of those programs or a big chunk of those programs are me teaching people things and supporting businesses through things. So if they come to a webinar and they enjoy listening to me, they like my style, they like what I'm doing, they like the conversation, then they're definitely going to love what's in the academy or in the 90 day program. So for me, it's a great way that they can test me out. And if they don't like it, absolutely fine. I'm not for them. You know, if they, if they come to it and think, well, you irritate me or I don't like your voice or whatever it is, <laughs> then that's fine because the product is not going to be for them. So for me, if you are doing some kind of interaction, some kind of training aspect or whatever, where you are going to appear, then it's a great way to give them a taster of that. Mm, yeah. That's great. Do uh, you mentioned a little bit before uh, using social platforms and so on? Do you sometimes use content from your webinars on other platforms or content formats? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do so. Some of the old stuff. Um, I think because obviously I do lots of different webinars on different things. So some of that you would like do snippets of videos, or you could promote a new webinar with showing them a bit of an existing webinar or putting a bit of a video out. The other thing I do again, if I'm advertising is I always start my advertising strategy with a video. So I will aim to do a video that I send to my audience to a cold audience to introduce me. And basically when I say introduce me, I'm not sat there going, hi, I'm Teresa. He's wearing, this is what I do. What I do is I, I, know one of their pain points and I try and fix it for them. So I'll say, if you're struggling with trying to get people on your email list, here are five ways that you can get people on your email list. And I will give that content for free. And then what happens is I can then remarket 
and retarget the people who have watched the video with my lead magnet. Then once I've given them that, they're on my list, I'm warming them up. Then when I do the webinar, they're like, yeah, no, I'm ready for this. I want this. So that's how we go about sort of that whole process. Fantastic. That's a great way to use other platforms to play into this process as well. Mm. That's perfect. Do you uh, have any, uh, what, what do you think are the major trends in webinars these days? Do you see any, any areas of uh, content or, or production mm. on where, you're, where you can be especially successful today? Or Well, what's interesting is if you'd asked me this pre-COVID, I would have been honest and said, you know, the percentage of people attending live webinars is not massive. Don't get me wrong, it's still really effective for those people that do attend. However, you were probably looking at, I don't know, 20, 25% attendee of the people who had signed up. But now that's gone back up to 40, 50%. So actually currently now is a great time to do webinars. I think what you're finding though, as suddenly so much stuff goes online, i.e. you get, um, you get conferences going online, you've got big events going online, they're becoming way more creative in how they are getting people to interact during something live like that. I just not long did uh, Tony Robbins um, virtual Unleashed Power Within, virtual leaps unleashed power within and and he did some really cool creative stuff to try and make that event as interactive as possible even though we weren't sat in a conference so i think what we're going to see is that webinars it's not just going to be your bog standard webinar it's not just going to be you turn up for an hour i teach you see you later that we need to find more and interesting ways and i I don't know at the moment how this looks. I just know that, you know, creating a community or doing maybe a two-part webinar or having a Facebook group alongside the webinar. So it's it's more about kind of um, just trying to be a bit creative with your options around the webinar, really. And the other thing is that, you know, maybe it's a, you know, you're going to do two webinars over two consecutive days and they're only going to be 30 minutes each rather than be an hour or you know so it's just about trying to think of some different and unique ways in which to engage that audience and one thing that I'm that is part of the process already is trying to get those people to turn up live so again trying to find creative ways in which you can make sure they turn up live so I always include a workbook and get them to print the workbook ready so in my email that goes out to them says here's the workbook ready please print it and have it on your desk. I can't wait to be there. Things like using apps like Bonjouro, which send personalized videos to people. How cool would it be if you've signed up for a webinar and that person sends you a personalized video saying, great, I can't, you know, thank you for signing up. I can't wait to see you on the webinar, get your questions ready or whatever. That's really going to inspire me to turn up live. So I think it's more about adding more value around the engagement side as we go forward. Ah, oh, that's great uh great ideas and trends you spot there uh very very short follow-up question on that do you have have you seen any differences in conversion rate or trust building in terms of closing business and finding clients in terms of if you are slide heavy or more you know ad hoc talking from mm. heart yeah. so to be honest most of mine and lots that I do are slide heavy in the sense of they're not the same slides as 
a presentation though. So for instance, my last webinar had 80 something slides, which sounds horrendous, but mm -hmm. lots of them just have one or two words. They are merely a prompt for me to talk. So I always recommend that you have some slides to show and do because when you get to the selling bit, you absolutely need those slides because you need to show people what they're buying. You need to have the price on there. You need to have the web, you know, the, the URL link. So I do use slides, but like I said, I don't use them like I'm doing a presentation. So for instance, if I was standing on stage delivering the same stuff, it would be a very different looking presentation as to what I'm doing on a webinar. The other thing that's great about a webinar is, um, you know, you can, if you want to do things live, as in you can pull up a system or a, you know, if you've got a, a tech program or something that you're trying to demonstrate, the webinar could be a few slides, then you bring up the tech, you do the training, you use it live, obviously you've got to rely on internet and those sort of things, but then, at the end of it, you bring in your slides when you're going into the sales sort of pitch. So, so I would always have some slides, but like I said, especially if it's a tech thing, then absolutely show them. And I've done stuff before where at the end of a webinar, I've gone into the academy and shown them what the academy looks like, you know, and sort of said to them, you only get to see this because you're on this, this webinar live, but this is what you get if you go and join right now. So, um, yeah, I think it's more about the structure than necessarily the slides. I uh, totally agree. Uh, it sounds really, really logical and smart, but it's not always an easy decision to take when you sit there and plan your webinar. So <laughs> I think that's yes. great feedback you get from that. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. It's not yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another question around that, camera or not camera on you as a person on a webinar? Always camera. Yeah. So I think what happens on my webinars and every webinar that I suggest anybody does is I'm on camera when you first join. So it's a very odd experience, I have to say, because you're basically sat there waiting and you, you sort of go live or, you know, turn the, the thing on and you're waiting for people to come into this room, but you can't see them because it's a webinar. So you can only see yourself, but I always make sure I'm on camera at the beginning. No, uh, I don't share my screen to begin with. And they see me and I talk to them and I normally talk utter rubbish just for the first sort of five minutes. And I'm, you know, I'll chat away. I'll ask them where they're from. I'll call them out. I'll ask, you know, what's the, what's their business. And, and I have a conversation with them trying to, to break down that barrier because people like people, you know, although you might have a online business, a tech business, a business that is not about a person, they still like to buy from someone, which is a really good point to mention. If you're not good on camera, maybe you're not the person to do it. Now, obviously for me, that's my, I am my business. So I am absolutely the person that's going to do it, but I'm the person who's brain people buy into so whereas if you are a bigger company you've got a tech product you want someone who is really charismatic charming you know even if they don't know what they need to know you can teach them that but they need to come across well on camera and then when the presentation starts i'm much smaller but i am still on screen so i really like the fact that they can see me as i'm there talking to them so it's it's real and authentic so i would always recommend you go on camera Teresa, you have shared so generously from your expertise in how to sell. No up problem. Yeah, we're so grateful for that. Uh, I only have one last, uh, last question for you. If 
people would like to know more about your content and your uh, online courses and so forth, where can they find you, Teresa? So they can go to TeresaHeathWaring.com and you'll find everything there or go to your favorite social media platform and put in Teresa Heath Waring and you will find me. Uh, I'm more often on Instagram than anywhere else. And then obviously check out the podcast. So yeah, basically put my name in and you'll find me. Perfect. We'll make sure to, to put that link in the show notes as well. So thank you. thank you so much, Teresa. It was great to talk to you and I wish you all the best with your ventures and uh, platforms and social media consulting <laughs> and all of the things you're doing covering all this space. Uh, it was so interesting. I've learned a lot and I really think uh, all our listeners have too. So thank you so much for today and uh, thank you for attending the podcast. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.